Did you send one to Dan as well through Facebook? Yeah, Dan's trying to join right now. Yeah. And Malcolm should be coming in soon. There's Dan. Hey, Dan. So I'm having an issue with GoDaddy. Why? Uh, because I moved DNS servers from my domain. <laughs> so that means there's a lag in emails for like the next 12 hours. Well, I guess you get to relax for the next 12 hours, huh? I got to get in there. I got to speed this up. Got to get in there. Got to speed this up. That's what she said. <laughs> Couldn't resist. <laughs> That's where your mind is, Mickey. But okay. It, when it has it not been there, come on, come on, come on. At least it, uh, if there's, if there's consistency. If there's nothing else, there's consistency. Mar takes his time. Actually, that's one of my that's one of my favorite retorts is to that is like, no, I'm sorry, she never said that. <laughs> well, then that's really sad too. <laughs> yeah, well, it amuses me. So just think how much more fun my life is in that moment than yours. <laughs> okay, so what what farm are you at, Dan? I'm I'm at. He's in Richfield. Yep. Or is that Bloomington? Uh, Bloomington is right on the other side of 494. So oh. if I go this way. Where is our cohort? Probably had to go to the bathroom and get a drink. Well, that's yeah. taking them a long time. <laughs> okay. That's, okay. What that's what she said? <laughs> okay, I deserve uh, that. Ah, uh, shit. Wow. Well, yeah. And if I had had time to been making money from doing this show <laughs> right it could just be like okay well i'll charge this shit hourly to the black helpline but we're not making money speaking of which, uh, why everybody just text us and email us and and twitter at us at the black helpline and call us 612-615-9636 call us anyway do you have any idea do you have any idea how many people this reaches i mean do a lot do you does a lot of your friends are they aware of the show because i try to proselytize a little bit Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think most of the people that I know 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 of the show, and a lot of a lot of people I know listen to it. Oh, you want? He wants metrics. He wants to know. Oh, not necessarily. I just. Well, I mean, it'd be more out of more out of just curiosity than. Well, we got. We got. Give me a number. Well, we got. Well, we got our first thousand download confirmed download, um, a couple of weeks ago. Which was really great. Yeah. And I think as time goes on, I don't know if people just, I don't know, I don't know. I think the metrics are that we are reaching more people than we did in our first season. And much like anything else, we'll just continue to grow as people start hearing about us. Absolutely. It'll just get it'll ah, well, I'm glad because that means that I can go, yeah, man, I was on there way back when it was cool, you know, before they sold out to, you know, yeah. whatever it is you're going to sell out to. Yeah, what can, <laughs> what can black podcasts sell out to these <laughs> Mayonnaise companies. Mayonnaise. Right. Yes, mayonnaise company. Absolutely. No, that's what, no, um, it's, well, the thing is, it, it takes time for everything, you know, it takes time, but, and, and seeing that we're in a middle of a, of a ruckus of a world, it makes things a little bit more difficult. I mean, we have to use Zoom. Um, you know, we, we don't have the intimacy that we've that we're used to, but it still works. And you got to make things work right now. You know, f- for everything. You know, and it's luckily this is one time technology is a good thing. You know, this is one time I don't want to be analog. 
because it'd be hard if we were, we'd, we'd be in a park screaming at each other otherwise with a tape recorder. <laughs> you know what's great about this though? What's great about Zoom is that we can bring virtually anybody in around the world for a yeah. conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, is, that is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to worry about them coming down to our recording studio, which we're not going to go into anytime soon. I'm not heading into any kind of situation where I have to be around Especially these two motherfuckers. I love you. <laughs> in the small room? No, no, I'm no, no. good. <laughs> no, but it's just it's a scary situation for everybody, and I wish more people would take it seriously. But we're taking it seriously. Well, that's why I'm out of a job. That's why I haven't worked since March 14th. Is because my whole industry is gone. You know, I I think that's what I was doing this afternoon. Was out looking. You know, I'm applying to be a fucking assistant shop guy at some mechanic place down the road because, uh, you know, there's no work for me doing what I do. And so I'm like looking at, you know, trying to find a completely, you know, something completely different to do with my life with a set of skills that seemingly are only, you know, applicable to a very thin slice of uh, what's helped me out here. What are the words I'm looking for? You know, not, not applicable to much else besides what I already do. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, it's hard. It's it. That's got to be. I mean, you know, when 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 people talk about the the impact of all of what everything that's going on with the not just the not just the the the, the virus, but the political, all of that stuff, the impact of what's going on, it impacts everybody in a different way. You know, and it it impacts other people harder harder than some people. But it's but I think you know, outside of people who are already lower on the rung, it's going to impact people just as, as hard the same way across the board, you know? Yeah, we've got I mean, like friends out of work, man, a lot. Well, nobody's getting out alive. You know, we all got to survive, though, you know? Well, I mean, it seems like there's a huge swath of this country that doesn't realize how fucking, you know, the seriousness of the situation, you know, you've got levels of economic, you know, more people are out of work than at any time since the fucking Great Depression. You know, COVID-19 is like, in a lot of states, is like the number two or the number three cause of death right now. I mean, 170,000 people are dead. And, you know, the United States has 4% of the world's population, but we have more deaths than any other country. Even India and China, who have a billion people apiece, have less deaths from this than we do. I mean, and don't get me started on the ineptitude of our government and leadership because it's just, you know, we are the world shit show right now. It's fucking, it's, this is a really sucky place to be, uh, you know, if you really understand the perspective. How do you, so, so you, you still know a lot of people who work, who still work in your industry and stuff like that. A lot of musicians and stuff like that. How do you think, how do you think a lot of those people felt when things started to fall apart from them, particularly ones that actually always had it good? Did you have, did you notice anybody in that industry who had it good? All of a sudden it was being wiped away from them really fast and how they, how they reacted? I mean, like in terms of monetary impact or, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I don't work at the same level that somebody like Randy does. So a lot of the people that I work with, you know, especially the younger people, they don't make the majority of their income from, from music per se. So uh, I don't think they were as greatly impacted, but, you know, they're also young. They're also people who, 
you know, probably are sacrificing a part of their lives by, you know, they're working a part-time job because they want to have free time to make music or, you know, things of that. I, I, I guess I don't, I, a lot of the people that I know sort of do music, you know, as, as a, they do it because they love it and not because they have to necessarily. So I don't think a lot of them have been hit as hard as some of the other segments of the population, but you know, it's pretty much wiped out, you know, places and events and a huge chunk of their income. So I, you know, I would imagine they're hurting, but I don't know how bad. So just so people are clear, why don't you tell everyone what it is you exactly do, just so there's clarity. Oh, well, I'm a sound man and I've been a sound man and I've, or, you know, and recently a booking agent for the last 24 or 25 years and before I, I, you know, I started out of First Avenue and I've worked at the Turf Club. I worked for a long time at Lee's Liquor Lounge. I've uh, been at the Minneapolis Eagles Club, which is a pretty cool place for the last few years. And so, you know, I just, I have done music in one form or another my entire adult life. And now the industry that I work in is, is gone, you know, and isn't probably going to come back in any meaningful numbers until next year sometime. I've been trying to participate in the National Independent Venue Association Consortium with uh, that's headed by Dana Frank, who's the, you know, runs First Avenue. And, you know, the consensus is all seems to be the same. You know, all these people, you know, they're lobbying for economic relief because there's a good possibility that a lot of our, you know, venues and places that we love are going to be gone by the time this is over. And, you know, yeah. That gets into a whole other yeah. thing about the corporate well, gobbling up of America, well, but that's another conversation. Dan, well, Chuck, yeah. Chuck, Schumer, Chuck Schumer just spoke about uh, Neva. Go ahead, sound what off. What's with your sound, man? Test just fine before. How about now? Okay. All right. Yeah. What about now, Chuck, kids? Shut the fuck up. Uh, Neva was right in front of Chuck Schumer's uh, press conference today in New York. And so we were speaking about bringing that up in uh, the Senate and Congress. Where did you see this, Jamar? That, I'll send you the link because it was in an email I got, you know, first half email, you know, and they have a link where he's speaking in somewhere in New York uh, with some other club managers, owners. Yeah, so I'll send that to you. Please do. I mean, they've, they've been lobbying really hard to get because, I mean, it's something that most people don't even think about. You know, it's like, you know, live music, huh? You know, to most people, live music is like going to the Target Center to see, I don't know, I guess I don't know what people go to the Target Center to, to see Beyonce or some shit like that. You know, to me, music is going to the entry to see some band from California that nobody knows about. Okay, so what about this these groups of DJs in New York who are just busted for having a 12-hour marathon dance party. What do you, what's, what's the general consensus and feeling on these kinds of rogue gatherings happening? Are you asking me? I'm asking all of us, but it's not a rhetorical it's, question. It's, it's, gonna, it's bound to happen because they don't have an outlet. They don't have a place to go, and it's just... Nobody has a place to go. Nobody. People, so, people are restless. People are restless. And people are going to group up because they want to group up. 
not because they can't. They're going to do it because they want to group up. They're going to do it at people's houses. They're going to find some some illegal warehouse. It's going to be kind of like it was in the 80s and the early 90s when we used to hit and run warehouses and have house parties, have a fucking house party from 6 o'clock in the evening until the fucking sun came up and then leave. But sure, nobody be died different. because of a disease. Nobody died because they were breathing in the fucking yeah. hot COVID air. Yeah, right, but I floating through like fucking now they're doing it. Now they'll do it and it's fucked up. Now when they do it, it's gonna fuck it's gonna it's fucked up now. But they're still gonna do it. So this goes back back to what Malcolm was saying earlier about go ahead, finish Vicky. I just I I wanted to make a point, but the organizers were fined and many some of the concert goers were fined as well and so it kind of begs the question these things are going to happen these are going to continue to happen how can we then change the way that we're thinking does everything have to be a small venue or can we have more instances with fewer people is there something that we can do to change the way that we're approaching it because obviously nothing i don't feel like anything's going to go right back to what it was when Oh, you know, oh, 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 so how can we no. deal with it now and make it a safer situation for everybody so that people can feel safe, seen, accounted for, and still having fun? They have an outdoor venue somewhere where outdoor. they can allow, allow people to be in small groups in a stable. You can't leave the stable, the fencing. And you, that's just where you are. I'm so glad I'm old. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a variation of that where at some point, I think at some <laughs> concert in England that was being held outside where like each set of concert goers had their little, their own like six by six riser with a little railing around it and a couple of exactly. tables inside it. And they're um, yep. all sitting good. inside it. But I, I just, I, my errant thought was that uh, this kind of goes back to what Malcolm was talking about earlier about, you know, us older idiots kind of teaching, trying to tell these younger kids, it's like, Look, man, you know, I know you want to go out there and have fun and stuff like that. But this is where, you know, you gotta, you're going to learn about consequences because if you do stuff like this, some of your friends are going to die. So you better be prepared. And maybe you can't care. They don't care, man. Well, how do you learn those kind of, how do you get to be smart? You get to be smart by doing dumb shit. You know, it's just like, it's just like, it's just like when when contraception was introduced and then heavily, heavily publicized in the late seventies and early eighties. What was introduced? You know, contraception was like condoms in particular that was heavily and like suggested in the late 70s and early 80s and it was a huge campaign still is but people resisted it they resisted that in the beginning too and there were consequences but right now we don't even know how bad this can get we haven't even spent the winter with it yet you know, we don't even know. You know, well, most of the modeling I've seen shows that, you know, whatever second wave. I mean, we really haven't even had a first wave because, uh, you know, everything got derailed by the fact that nobody took this seriously and didn't force any kind of like serious oh, legislation to protect people's health. We're going into the, the school year. We're going into another holiday. And it's you're just gonna see this shit go nuts. I think it's unconscionable that they're letting children go back to fucking school. I mean, plain and simple. It's it's. <laughs> I don't understand how anybody with a conscience can do that. It's 
totally unconscionable. Ask that bitch, Betsy DeVos, that fucking bitch, that fucking, oh, God. fucking awesome human being. So, I'll tell you something. So Heavens to Betsy. I see this sort of tongue-in-cheek, but, you know, I'm tempted to say that it shows you about a bunch of pussies liberals are, because if, you know, this was some liberal, you know, say Betsy DeVos was a liberal, there'd be a gajillion conservatives out there talking about killing her and every, or, or Donald Trump or Mitch McConnell. And, you know, you don't see any of that shit happening with any of these people on the liberals. Like, yeah, man, we ought to fucking lynch Donald Trump. We ought to fucking... No, they wouldn't you know? yeah, because that's, 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 uh, that's not passive. You know... Fuck that. The thing is, is that, you know, it was one thing when COVID was killing old people in rest homes and, you know, all these other situations where the vulnerable, the old and the vulnerable, because we all know that old people are not respected in this country anyway. Oh, absolutely not. And so it was one thing when, like, well, you know, they're on their way out anyway, all this bullshit. But it's another thing now that kids are starting to get it. Children are starting to get... Yeah. Well, they're the biggest right. drivers right now. Well, they're the biggest carriers, which when have they not been carriers of some sort of... <laughs> you know, like, kids oh my are God. filthy. Kids are filthy. And that's the, those are the... They those eat are their boogers. They're dirty. They're going to sink the fall in winter. They're going to sink the fall in winter. They're going to sink it by going back to school. That's the first way, the first and most violent way it's going to get... They're going to sink the winter. You're gonna go back to fucking school. And there's, there's college kids and, and 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 elementary school kids and high school kids going back to school. Right. Anyone who I mean, ask anybody who's a teacher. You know, ask them about their experiences dealing with kids. They're all fucking sick with colds and shit all the time because they're around kids. All it's a fucking germ time. factory. All no. petri dishes. Children. My, my old my old teacher from the U, Hassan Malay. He's a French. Uh, professor at uh, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. He called this shit two weeks ago. And now look at them. Closed. Closed. Yeah. Gone. Infected. You know? I don't know. Winter, like I said, winter is going to be a different beast because people are going to have to start going back inside. Um, um, people are going to be covered in clothes. That next going to find some shit about having too many clothes on. You know, there's going to be another twist to this shit. I'm just sitting here being fucking conscientious about my existence to make sure that I keep myself and others around me safe and to brace myself for something that may or may not go our way, you know? And they're talking flu season. Oh, yeah. yeah, But on a positive note, some of these countries are already in the midst of their flu season, like New Zealand. And actually, they've noted that they have less flu cases than they've ever had. Okay, I'm sorry, you can't use New Zealand as, a, as an example for Well, no, because they're, they're, at they're all. out. So but, much better than there are, other, there are other countries than New Zealand. I just I just picked them. But I'm saying, because of all these other steps that we're taking, they've actually... Did you see where... But we haven't taken happened. the steps. America well, hasn't taken the steps. No, so, none. But I'm just saying, if you have countries that fully take it, you know, so but we haven't. America has Did not. You, see where, you can't. You can't you use where, America. No, I'm going to finish this. You can't use okay. America as an example for for something where other countries are doing something above and beyond what we're doing. We're not doing anything. We're not doing fucking. Simply naming countries that are cheating. Say that again. 
I'm naming countries that are succeeding. Okay, great. Well, we are not succeeding. We haven't succeeded at all. So you can't juxtapose America to these countries that are succeeding because we're failing miserably. Here's what America Trump was go ahead. Uh, did you see where Donald Trump was capping on New Zealand because they had like 70 new cases of COVID in the last couple of weeks? As well, you know, and I just thought, oh my God, where did where did yeah? And they and they, shut, the, their, and they shut the and they went into quarantine mode. Right. Okay. Minneapolis had 100 new ones today. Today. Oh my God. Today. Yeah. So I've got a daughter that's scheduled to move into her dorm next week. And I know it's not going to happen. I'm going to have to disappoint her. But it's fucked. Yeah, she's got to stay home with you. That sucks. No. (laughs) She stays with her mom, dude, so fuck you. (sighs) Jamar knows best. Yeah. Oh, my God, the most twisted fucking TV show ever. Jamar knows best. I fucking do. (laughs) Next on Fox. No, it's kids, because kids can't go. Kids can't have that experience. They 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 got cut off last year. They can't have that experience now. I mean, the, the places that decide not to, and if and if they do have that experience, it's not going to last very long. Because as soon as some kids start getting sick, they're all going to have to fucking go home anyway. Yeah. So you might as well go in, you know, do what you got to do for that first three, four, five weeks. Live your best life, because they're gonna get they're gonna kick your ass back out. You're going back home to your parents, you know. Like sorry, yeah, basement dwellers, little basement dwellers. We knew you were gonna be anyway. <laughs> hey, we knew you'd be back, son. We left your room just the way it was. Three weeks ago, we knew three weeks ago you'd be back. <laughs> well, she'll be out before her, her brother. <laughs> I mean, she's gonna have to go to college. Hopefully, she won't have to spend the next uh, four years at um, going to college at home. You know. Oh. That's not likely. Yeah. I'm well, glad I'm old. I'm glad no. I'm old. I'm glad I'm part of that Gen X situation where we were able to go in and disrupt some shit. We're and done. now we don't have to disrupt anything anymore because we can't because no. shut down. No, no. Everything's everything's done. You know, it's done. The kids are doing their job. The kids are all right. Well, no, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. No, they're, <laughs> they're all right. They're those they're fuckers right in Georgia. Georgia. They're not all right. Yeah, they're insane. Yeah, they're those, those fucking herd immunity parties, right? No. Yeah, I know. I know. That's why I don't mess with no young people. I just leave them alone. I cross the street. No, they're like, it's like a pit bull. No, I'm not. I'm like, no, I think it was, maybe because you're white. I mean, yeah, partly, but I'm crossing the street anyway. <laughs> you know? Mostly. Mostly. <laughs> it's mostly because you're white and you're 18. I don't want to. I don't even want you to breathe on me. You know. <laughs> oh, oh. So Dan, let me ask you this. So, as as we get older, what do you want from the younger generation of of young Caucasian children and young adults to be to be cognizant of in the struggles? Because we've all been we've all been a part of a, a certain kind of struggle being you know, subversive, punk rock, et cetera, et cetera. You know, uh, Big Germ, Malcontent, and myself have been even more rounded into a smaller microcosm. But what do you want? What do you want to say to these kids? Eat my shorts. (laughs) Charlie, don't surf. What? (laughs) 
you know, maybe it's just because I'm older and I'm and I'm distanced from it. But what I don't see that I thought was much more prevalent when we were younger was just the willingness or to 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 question things and not to to not just to take everything at face value. It seems that I mean I must be wrong because there's a higher percentage of activism and protesting going on in our country and most of the rest of the world than there ever was you know, in the 1960s. But for a long time, I my experience is that, you know, people just don't question things and talk back and ask and, and you know, they just kind of accept the status quo without really thinking about it. Am, am I wrong? I mean, what's your guys' experience? Well, I think that more people are being filmed now. I think more people are seeing more more content and more things that are being presented like we have more access everyone has a, has a camera and a phone now so we're seeing more stuff just just because of that so are people right. seeing more or are we seeing it more it's kind of like you know is, is it the oh, yeah. no, it's all, no it's always been there it's always been there just right. people are seeing it now well you know, but are people seeing, seeing it more. It's, it's like brutality. It. well it's like it's like police brutality it's always <laughs> been there but now we're seeing it more Yes, you're seeing, you're just seeing it. <laughs> you know, and people didn't see that, the, the people didn't see these other things that were going on, things that were going on um, um, in other parts of government until everybody has to walk around, everybody has a camera on them. Every citizen has a camera in their hands, you know, for the most part. You and know? some politicians Everywhere. still don't remember that there's a fucking camera. Like Anthony Weiner is a classic example of some guy who forgot yep. there's a camera around. There's a camera Carlos everywhere. Carlos. Well, I think about, I mean, I think about that a lot, and that is a lot of the things that you and I got away with when we were kids. You can't do that anymore because, shit, you do one thing wrong, and it follows you around for the rest of your life. And it's, you know, nobody ever remembers the 99 times that you did things right. All they remember is that one time that you fucked up. And that's, I think... I, I, I makes me sad that kids have to live with that because that's there's no reason that your life should be ruined by making one mistake. You know, grown ass man, really big one. Grown ass man, where I come from, got to live with that shit. Well, what do you mean? Stuff that we didn't have on tape because I can tell you that I'm glad there's some shit that I did that wasn't on tape. And uh, there's some there's some stuff, but I, I think I have a hold of it. And the first in the first rule of uh, of uh, of thug club is don't get caught. Fight club, darling. Fight club. No, thug club. Thug club. Oh, thug club. Don't get caught. You know, wrap it up. Be a stranger in the streets. Like, he's a black man, or maybe he was white. I don't know. I couldn't tell. He had a, He looked like a ninja. <laughs> he was a white man wearing black. He was wearing his black suit. <laughs> <laughs> a black suit. <laughs> Who was that dude that had that black suit? Remember that? Yeah, I know. He was, he was some guy that lived in his mom's basement. God damn. You know? Die about shit. What? Hey, Damon, so when we asked you to be on the show, was there something in particular that you maybe you wanted to bring up or that you wanted to talk about? Was there anything you're like, shit, I'd really like to mention this, that, and the other thing? No, not really. I was just really flattered that you'd even, you know, ask me to participate. I don't, like I said, I think it's really, you know, I see my place more as one of listening because it's not something I can ever know about firsthand. So it's really not my place to lead the conversation. It, I have thoughts, sure, but 
you know, I'm more interested in listening to what you guys have to say, like I said, because I, you know, I love you and I respect you and, you know, your opinion means something to me. So for what that's worth. Well, it's meant a lot for me, man, because I've known you for what, 32 years or more? Something like that. When did you start working at First Ave? Uh, God, 88, 87, something like that. Right. I, I was there in 86. So I was actually there before Conrad was. No, I was there before Conrad. Believe it or not. Yeah. I was there before he was, too. Huh. Yeah. Dan, I've known you since I was 16. What? You were born in 68? Seven. Fifty-seven. Okay. Wow. And now I'm fifty-seven, and you must be what? Fifty-two. Fifty-one. Three. Fifty-three. Did you ever think you'd be this old? No, actually, I didn't. Me neither. No, I did not. I actually did not. And then when I hit thirty, I was like, "Oh, I think I'm going to be here for a second. <laughs> now that I'm fifty-three, I'm like, "Well, I better take care of this shit. I better take." Care oh my god! I remember rusting out. I remember I'm sixty. Well, you hit 30 and you think that you feel good when you're at 30 and you're like, well, shit. And then 50 comes, you're like, I don't feel that bad. I'm cool. Like I'm be sticking around, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I got to get, unless I get the cove. <laughs> That's why we don't let me tell you person. Let me tell you kids today. It's a downhill ride. I got, the, I got some sciatica and some arthritis in my hip and my knees. Yeah, I got, and I got the black version. <laughs> so, so you have diabetes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The black version. I got the sugars. The black version is the sugars, honey. Come on. Yeah. My joints are giving out, and I got diabetes. Oh my heart, <laughs> and I got diabetes. <laughs> so what? High high blood pressure is the white version of that. I mean, is that. No, I have high blood. We got, we got high blood pressure. Wait, wait, wait. I have, I'm high version? blood pressure. What's the What's the white version of high blood pressure? No, it's I white. I'm saying is high blood pressure the white version of diabetes? Is that no? No, no that's that's just colorblind. Across the board, not even close. Well, when a white guy has high blood pressure, that means he's unemployed or stressed. He's stressed. He's got stress. <laughs> Stressed out. My internet is slow. We were born angry. We we were born with high blood pressure. <laughs> Shit. I'm stressed out. I'm stressed. I need uh, a massage. <laughs> <laughs> this was passed down through my fucking bones from my grandparents. You know. Right. Ever all that came out came out with a part problem. Healthy <laughs> kid, except his heart's inflamed already. 18th birthday, got a little package, opened it up, said high blood pressure. You had high blood pressure at 18? Uh, yeah. Wow. Hypertensive. I was hypertensive at 18. Yeah. I finally just started taking, literally one month ago, taking my first high blood pressure pill ever. Oh my God, are we, we are all, we're going to start talking about all of our ailments now. Like, I have my ailment. My only ailment is the fact that I am 53 years old and I finally had to take a high blood pressure med. Otherwise, I don't have any fucking ailments. God damn. I wish I... You should see it. I have so much shit. I have my medicine on a lazy Susan that revolves. So I can just like, okay, I need that one and that one and that one and that one. Okay. (laughs) I eat weed and I drink a glass of wine every night. (laughs) 
that has kept me sane. I know. That is the um, world that we live in. Okay, so we, so so we um, finish up. Yeah, it's uh, we are five just under five minutes left. Yeah, feels like it's so the vibe is one. No. If our guest, what? is there anything else that you'd like to say? Is our guest? Is there anything else that you would like to say? Uh, are you familiar with the French phrase "l'esprit d'escalier"? The spirit of what? The staircase. L'esprit essentially. L'esprit d'escalier, okay. it literally translates as the spirit of the staircase, and it refers to all those things that you wish you would have said after the fact. And so I know we'll get done with this, and I'll go, God damn, I totally was going to you know, ask this or that or the other. So I'm just going to have to live with that. Oh, we, we do weekly, Matt. <laughs> yeah, we're, this is not the first or the last time we'll be recording, probably you or anybody else we know, but save those questions for... The next Black Helpline. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anyway, we got to wrap this up, everybody. My name is Tricky Mickey. I'm Malcontent. I'm Big Germ. I'd like to thank our guest, Dan. Dan, you you're welcome. Thanks for one of the what? Yeah. Thanks for being here. Why? You're that? welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks. <laughs> truly an honor. All right then. All right, kids. Take care of yourselves. See you guys later. You too. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye, Mickey. Bye, darling.